Good morning, Victory Life Church. How are you? Good. Good. Love you guys. It's a beautiful morning to be here. And uh, I'm excited to get to be with you again. Pastor Dwayne sends his love. He's wrapping up his European tour. Going to be back, uh, back home with us shortly. And uh, know that the meetings went well. And we're excited to be able to have him back. I've done this at the past, past two services, so I want to do it at this service as well. But um, we've had a, a call across uh, a, a lot of the churches uh, today and uh, from a lot of the major leaders in the body of Christ right now. Uh, Franklin Graham, uh, one of the ones I saw yesterday or today, I can't remember, was uh, Pastor Robert Morris at Gateway Church in Dallas. And just a few other leaders in the body of Christ are all calling for uh, churches this morning to come together and pray uh, for our president and for our country, for our government. So I want to take some time and do that this morning, uh, if you guys would be okay with that. You cool with that? Okay, good. Awesome. Great, great. Well, let's pray. Father, we are so grateful to you. And Father, our love for you truly is, it truly is the main thing in our lives. Our ability to love you and to be loved by you. And today as a body, joining with the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters all across this great nation, we lift up our president to you. We lift up our Congress to you. We lift up our Supreme Court. We lift up all of our governmental sectors to you. And Father, we're so grateful to live in a nation that has chose to uphold a kingdom core value of freedom. Freedom is your idea, God. It's a core value of your kingdom. A kingdom through which the rule and reign of the Lord Jesus Christ is taking place in your church who is your body. Father, we pray for the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace to increase across all of the churches that follow Jesus in this land. I pray that the church in America would be strengthened to be a prophetic representation of what the kingdom of God is like. And I know that members of the church, you have strategically placed in governmental sectors, Father, to be Daniels in this hour. Lord, you speak to people that are in leadership. Your word shows us that you spoke to pagan kings in dreams. There's nobody that's beyond reach, Father. And even people that don't know you that are leading in America's government right now, I believe that you're speaking to them. And I believe, Father, we believe today that you have positioned Daniels next to those people to advise, to interpret, to speak forth what the Spirit of God is doing and wills to do in this nation. We lift up our president, President Trump, to you. Father, we pray blessing, protection, peace over him. Thank you for the right counselors around him. Every member of his cabinet, Father, would be blessed. And Father, we respond to the scriptural command that Paul tells us, the Apostle Paul, to pray for all those that are in high office so that we, the people that they are ruling, Father, would be able to experience peace and prosperity. So, Father, we lift up our government to you. We lift up our nation to you. And over America today, as the body of Christ, we say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in America as it is in your heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. Awesome. So today I want to talk to you about how to vote. Totally kidding. So I'm going to save that one for Pastor Dwayne. Today I want to talk to you about life. Anybody living life besides me? Anybody living hashtag your best life? 
Okay, that's debatable, right? But we all are looking for, I would say, a good life. And I believe that a lot of times in regards to life, people are so desperate to try to live the good life that they miss the true life. And I believe that as the church of Jesus Christ, we need to be more centered around God's goodness and learning how to live truthfully in the world instead of just constantly looking for things that are good for us, are for, and no more. The people of Jesus should model something different than the world. We're supposed to live counterculturally to the world by being the people of the kingdom of God. How many of you know that we are living in the United States of America, but if you're a Christian, you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? And there's a king that we have in this kingdom of heaven named Jesus. And I have good news for his people today. Jesus is not king by election. And Jesus does not have a term limit on his kingship. So at the end of all the day, at the end of all the things that are going on in our lives and in our world, we as the people of Jesus pledge allegiance to King Jesus and his lordship, his rule, and his reign. So that's an awesome thing. So as the people of God... And as people that need to be following the Lord, I believe that we need to pay attention to what's going on in our lives and the lives of the people around us. And let me just tell you this, that it doesn't take a rocket scientist or a brain surgeon to figure out that life is heavy sometimes. Anybody ever experienced some of the heavy lifting that life often requires? Not only is life sometimes heavy, life doesn't need any help from us to be hard. Anybody ever gone through some hard things in their life before? Yeah, okay. A few honest people this morning. Praise God. So hopefully we'll get everybody saved by the end of the service. And everybody can be honest too. So the tough thing is whenever we're experiencing those two heavy and hard in our lives all at the same time. And there's seasons of life that we're in when life is not just heavy, but it's hard. And I can tell you with confidence today that anytime I've gone through a heavy and a hard season, I've been looking for something and it's called help. <laughs> Let me appeal to some of the men in the room this morning. But, you know, this is something that I find myself in. I get myself into this. I've gotten myself into this predicament a few times. And I think this is something that uh, just to pick on the guys a little bit this morning, something I think we're a little bit more predisposed to. But uh, guys, have you ever just had this great idea that you could move this really heavy piece of furniture all by yourself? Yeah, so it's like, you know, he, nobody's available to help. And you're like, if I just get the right apparatus, if I, you know, make this very primitive pulley system, whatever it might be. A lot of times I know, especially as a guy, there's a lot of pain that I would inflict on myself before I'll ask anybody else for help. Because that's just something that I think guys like to do sometimes. So I've got myself into situations to where uh, I, I think I'm a lot stronger than I really am. Now, now, the reason for that is because there was a time in my life when I was stronger than I am right now. There was a time 10, 11, 12 years ago that I really enjoyed lifting weights. Like it was something I actually enjoyed to do. Uh, I was also not living for God, so I think it just was part of getting saved to reveal to me that there's nothing enjoyable about lifting weights. But here's the thing that happened is that I think I was trying to find a counterfeit form of joy, and then I got, no, I'm not going to spiritualize it. I just got tired of doing that. So I used to lift weights all the time, and I was in really good shape. And I remember there were times that I would even surprise myself with some of the stuff that I could pick up. You know, like if dad bought something new and he needed help moving it, like, you know, I was going to, you know, show him, yeah, I could do it. And I would pick up really heavy things and feel really good about myself. Well, sometimes my mind still has this perception of my body that's not reality, okay? I know you can see me. 
me so you understand what I'm talking about. So I, the only thing I, I really like to lift now are like those really long like sub sandwiches. I really enjoy those are good. Those are good heavy lifting. But at what time in my life I really enjoy lifting the weight. So uh, I, I've gotten myself into situations before moving heavy objects, namely furniture and things like that, where instead of releasing strength, all that really got released in me was strain especially like lower back area. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So strain. And what I have found is, is that there's literally been times where I've gotten myself into situations and I think to myself, I need help because the washing machine is about to you know, topple down the stairs and I can't hang on to it any longer. And that's when I just call my wife and uh, I just let her move it by herself after that. But no, <laughs> what happens is, is that I regret not asking for help. Have you ever got yourself in a situation with something like that and you think, I should have asked for help? Okay, good, all right? Uh, hard situations are like that, too. Uh, I'm not a handy man at all. I am a man, but I'm not handy. I'm the exact opposite of handy, which is I'm not handy. So here's the thing about not being handy. There's a lot of things that I am. You know, I'm loyal, I'm faithful, I'm cute, I'm cuddly, those kinds of things, but I'm not handy. So my wife didn't marry me because of me being handy. Uh, the jury's still out on why she did that. But the thing that I want to, uh, I know I married her because she's beautiful and I love her, but here's, here's the thing that I want to tell you is that hard situations are like that as well. There's times when we need what somebody else has brought into a situation to be able to give us some help. I remember one time I uh, was deceived like I've been deceived about lifting heavy objects now that I virtually do not have any of my former strength. And uh, I'm a much better person now than I was when I was strong. It's like a trade-off. I'm more Christ-like then, but I've gotten less strong and out of shape. So anyway, it just comes with the territory maybe for me. But I've been in a situation this, this one time. I was in a situation where I wanted to pretend like I was handy. And this has been like 35 years ago, so this, you don't have to judge me for this. Uh, but it's not that long ago. But I got in a situation where my wife had bought this mirror, a mirror, and it was just the glass, and I wanted to frame it for her, you know, with some trim. Seemed fairly simple. I'm like, I just go to Lowe's. I'll buy some stuff that I like and I'll cut it. And I was good until I got to my house and I realized that the saw I had was not the saw that I needed. But I didn't own the saw that I needed because my flashback was just watching my grandpa work in his shop because he's an awesome uh, carpenter, like, you know, master, master level. He needs to do like master classes on carpentry. And uh, I didn't absorb any end of it. I was around it younger, but I just didn't absorb it because my brain doesn't work that way. And I always appreciated it. Well, I got there to frame the mirror and I said, I don't have the saw that I need. And I could see the saw in my mind, but I told you I'm not handy at all, so I don't know what the, what the saw is called. I just know what it looks like and what it does. So I call some people, and probably my, my, uh, my, my dad or my grandpa or call my father-in-law, whoever was there. I'm like, hey, do you guys have one of those saws? And I'm trying to talk to him over the phone, and it's not really making sense to what I'm trying to say. And I'm talking about the saw that you kind of do, like you just sit the board there, and then you pull it down. It's the, the pull-down kind of a saw, you know what I'm talking about? And uh, yeah, that thing, you know, and it, yeah, that's what I need. And they're like, oh, so is it a miter saw? I was like, You're, I, I might need that one, sure, a miter saw. Yeah, let's get the miter saw. So it was a miter saw. Now I know what it's called. And uh, I had a buddy on the front row last service to validate me because I looked at him. I said, I think it's called the miter saw. So he assured me that I'm right about this. So, and I went to cut the, the piece. And there was one piece that I needed a particular cut on. And this is difficult for me. Carpentry is hard. Anything handy is hard, okay? I know how to partner with Jesus to help fix people, but to fix like odd things, it's a problem. I can't do it. So I got the, uh, I got part of Jesus's gift, but not the carpentry part of his gift. So I got the saw there and I have it down and I make this and I'm moving the board around. 
Now, if you know anything about a martyr saw, anyway, you'll get it in a second. I'm moving the board like to the angle that I need it, but I'm moving the board. So I'm moving the board and I cut and I go there and it's wrong. And I'm like, what in the heck? Something's wrong with that saw. So I go back there and I go, because I can't be wrong because I'm pretending like I'm handy right now. Just like I can't be wrong and then I pick up the couch and my back hurts, right? Are you following me? Okay. All right. I'm not talking about saws and couches. You have to follow what I'm saying. Okay. So anyway, I make the cut and I end up going back to Lowe's like 10 times for the same stinking board. I have to buy this board like 10 times. So it was supposed to be X amount of dollars ends up being like quadruple the budget it on this mirror and then when I get it up there it's like it fits but the corner's like it just one's a little bit up here and one's a little bit down here I'm thinking well we'll put some paint on there and it'll all be good and what I ended up finding out was I finally my father-in-law comes over to help me and he does this thing there's like this little contraption that he starts unscrewing and he moves it to the angle it's supposed to be at him he does it and I'm like why didn't anybody tell me that the miter saw has a thing that will line it up for you? That's just awesome. I thought you had to like just move, move the board. So I put it up there and it was good. How many of you know that that was a hard situation that I needed some help with? Just like trying to move the couch. And there's this amazing thing that happens in life when you admit that you need help. But there's this funny thing that gets in the way of us getting help and it's called pride. Now, pride comes in different forms. You know, shame's a, for- a form of pride. Shame is. Being afraid of what people will think is a form of pride. Because pride, all it really is, is it's just self-centeredness. It's the elevation of self to a level and a measure that self should not be elevated to. The scripture says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Grace isn't just the thing that empowers, that forgives your sins. Grace is actually empowerment from God to now live a sinless life, live a new kind of life free from sin. It's God's empowerment in our lives. God has given grace to everybody in this room. And it says different measures of grace has he given to everybody in this room. Jesus called us something unique. He called us as believers salt and light. I did a study one time. Don't fact check me on this, okay? I'm going to give you ballpark numbers here. But I did a study one time because I was preaching a message on salt and light. And I found out that there's like 12 or 13 naturally occurring types of salt. Because when I think about salt, I think about just table salt. And let's say we have, you know, we got Judeo-Christian faith, so at least it's kosher table salt. Let's go with kosher table salt. But I just think about white table salt. You know there's like pink salt? Yeah, for you fancy people, you're like, oh, yes, I've already known about the pink salt. Okay, all right, just chill, okay? We live, we're in Durant this morning, all right? I didn't know about no pink salt. And I saw pink salt in somebody's house. I thought, well, that's awesome. Does that taste like sugar? No, it's salt. It's pink. Yeah, it was like salt. Okay, so there's like this like Asian kind of brown or this like black salt. I don't know. There's all kinds of crazy types of naturally occurring salts, but they all do what salt does, which is flavor and preserve. I'm spitting, sorry. Flavor and preserve. If you want to get healed, just come sit down here and let some of this spit get on you. It'll be awesome. But uh, anyway, I, or I can come to you and spit on you, whichever is easier for you. But uh, so salt provides flavor and it preserves. Before there was refrigeration, you would, you know, pack the meat in salt and it would preserve the meat, keep it from rotting. Everybody cool with that? All right. What about, so there's like, but there's, they all do what salt does, but there's different expressions of the same thing. Jesus said that we're salt, and he also said that we are light. Did you know that light illuminates? It does what light does, but there's different expressions of light. There's actually different wavelengths. There's different colors of light. 
There's violet light. There's red light, green. When you see a rainbow, you're seeing the different expressions of the same thing. How many of you know that as the body of Christ, we are different members of one body? Some of you are pink Himalayan salt, and that's awesome. Some of you are regular table salt. Some of you are this, you know, a brown, black, Asian salt, whatever it was. Some of you are more of a red on the spectrum of light. Some of you are more of a green. But can I be honest with you this morning? You're all salt and you're all light. And there's an individual expression of who Christ is, who Christ is that you release into the world. And you have something in your life stored up on the inside of you that the person next to you needs. When people are going through the hard and heavy situations of life, dependent on the complexity of the situation, dependent on the weight of the situation, there are different needs that they're having in that moment. And I want to propose to you today that you, as you currently are, believing and following God with your backgrounds, your gift sets, your individual experiences, are what the people around you are needing day in and day out. You have something to contribute. This Sunday is all about our launch of summer life groups. And I believe in life groups. I I believe that this is something that we're thoroughly and, and totally invested in as a church. But we're not into groups just because of groups. We're into groups because of what groups represent. And what groups represent is connection, relationship, and the ability to be multiple hands on that heavy piece of furniture. You know, anytime I need to move something heavy, I have found now that it's always better to get somebody else to help me. There's actually nothing more frustrating, nerve-wracking, and strenuous on your body than to be going through a heavy or a hard situation all by yourself. You find yourself back into a corner. Anybody in the room ever try to lift something heavy and your arms are given out so you get your legs up underneath it too? And then before too long, your legs are going out and you know there's only one way that this is going and I'm going down. That's what's about to happen, right? Something immediately happens whenever somebody is able to recognize a need. Have you ever been in a Walmart parking lot or any store parking lot and somebody's trying to get something into their car and you just feel compelled to even go over and hold the door for them or help them? Now we live in a world and age that I encourage you to let people know that you're walking up on them because I've done that before. Like, you know, somebody's trying to put groceries in and I come and pick up a bag of groceries to put in the car behind them and they're like looking at me because they think I'm stealing the groceries, you know? And that goes back to me lifting the sandwiches all the time. I guess I just give the appearance like I might steal your groceries. But here's the thing that you need to know and, and that you need to understand is that I do say that you at least give a shout. Hey, do you need some help with that? But something happens. Have you ever had that happen where people weren't sure what you were doing in regards of helping them? But once they recognized that you were there to help them, everything about their face changed. It's like, oh, thank you. And they usually say something like, you're so nice. Why are they, or sometimes they're just confused. Like, why are you stopping to help me with this? Are you following me? There's people around you, church, that are experiencing heavy and hard situations. And I would like to propose to you today that oftentimes we discredit our ability to be able to help with those situations because we think we're just salt. We think we're just light. But I believe that your day, God has divinely inspired, what I like to call divine intersections throughout your day. God has divine intersections, you crossing the path of certain people for that moment because I believe that God gives us the Holy Spirit, don't you? 
And the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is able to work in us the gift that is needed in a moment for a particular person. I believe that as we approach this life group semester that there's things that are stirring in your hearts. There's things that are happening on the inside of you in regards to how you could be an extra set of hands and help somebody that's walking through a heavy or a hard situation. A lot of times we discredit what we have because we don't know what we have. And the second reason we disqualify what we have in regards to helping people that are walking through heavier, hard situations is because what we have just feels very ordinary. It feels very natural. How many of you believe that as a Christian and filled with the Holy Spirit, you should be living a supernatural life? The most beautiful thing about the supernatural life is this. I talk to some people and they agree with that, but it feels like a lot of pressure. Like, I'm just normal. How can I live a supernatural life? Or they say, well, maybe that's for the preacher. or Maybe that's for this other person I look up to. But how is that connected to me? The reason why I love, one of my favorite things to talk about is talking to people about living a supernatural life is because a supernatural life is a partnership. Even the word supernatural is a combination of two words, super and natural. Guess what your part of the equation is? Just a set of hands. There is nothing spectacular, nothing dramatic. If I were to find out that you had some diagnosis in your body and I went over to you and I felt and you and you're thinking you're going through a heavy or hard situation. How many of you have been dealt some medical news that was heavy and hard to swallow? Yeah, it would seem like ridiculous. Think about this. It would seem completely pointless for me to walk up to you, offer my hands Say, all I'm going to do is I'm just going to put my hands on you. And I'm just going to say, I just want you to be healed. If you've got a diagnosis and somebody comes up and does that to you, and you don't have a frame of reference for what's actually taking place, that seems completely ridiculous, doesn't it? Like, why don't you get me like some kind of a cleaning service? Because I'm about to be down, you know, on, on my, on, uh, in my health and I'm not going to be able to clean my house. Or why don't you give me some money? Or why don't you talk to me about my doctor bills? But to go up to somebody and you find out that they have this diagnosis and just to put hands on them seems completely ridiculous. Unless you believe that these hands now belong to Jesus. Unless you believe that Jesus said, if you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Well, that's a powerful thing. So what happens, something very natural and really looking very unimportant to come and put hands on somebody that's sick. Now, God does what only he can do, which is the super. It's the partnership. It's I present myself in a situation. I present myself as an extra set of hands, whatever that looks like. I commit to be on the lookout for people that are walking through heavy and hard situations and just make sure that I'm available. Because if you were able to join us last week, and I talked to you last week about the fact that if you ever wonder who you look like, you need to believe that you look like your dad. That because of Jesus on the inside of you, as a believer, you are a true expression and representation by the Spirit of God of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit into this world. I believe that these hands have now partnered with Jesus' hands and these old, ordinary, short, chubby hands can do amazing things. When leveraged into the middle of situations that are hard and are heavy. I believe that throughout the course of this life group semester, 
and to talk very much in a bigger way throughout the course of our lives, God is looking for opportunities for us to simply show up and be some hands. To show up and release an invitation that quite honestly Jesus has already released on the inside of us. You know, people walking through heavy and hard things need connection. And they need connection with a particular person, namely Jesus. But Jesus has this interesting way of wanting to get himself to the people in this world. And it's you. (laughs) You're the mode of transportation. You're his body. You're his hands. You're his feet. You're his voice. You're his smile. You're his laugh. You're his hug. You're his wallet. Jesus has chosen to take up residence in you. And I love the passage out of the book of Matthew chapter 11 that tells us, Jesus says, come to me, verses 28 and 30, all you that are heavy laden and you're tired, come to me Take and I'll give you rest for your souls. Take my yoke on you, which is easy. Take my burden, which is light. Whenever people that are experiencing heavy and hard in their life come into proximity with Jesus, there's an exchange that happens. What was heavy and hard now becomes light and easy, but it takes place in the context of connection. I want to propose to you today that whenever you make a decision to show up and allow yourself to be some hands, you're actually giving people a connection with Jesus. And there's an exchange that's able to take place. Some of you are just gifted listeners. If you wonder if you're a gifted listener, just ask your spouse. You'll find out very quickly. They'll tell you the truth if you're gifted at listening or not. Some of you are gifted listeners and you say, man, I just really don't have a lot to say, but I love to give people a place just to feel safe and tell their story. Let them process, let them get out all the emotions that are going on. And I don't like to tell them you don't need to feel that way, which by the way, the worst possible thing you can tell anybody that's feeling anything, especially in the middle of a heavy and hard situation is you shouldn't feel that way. Have you ever had somebody really angry with you? And have you ever told them you shouldn't be angry? Do they just snap out of it and go, oh, you're right, I shouldn't be angry anymore. No, it doesn't work that way, does it? But some of you are gifted listeners and you're actually anointed to be able to let people get off their chest what they've been trying to carry their whole life. And to you, it just seems like salt and light. And I would propose to you, that's exactly what it is. But I'll tell you someone that is a good listener is Jesus. Think about all the prayers that Jesus has to hear every single day. There's an attribute of Christ being released in you if you're a good listener. And I would say that there's people that need to be connected to your life so that they're able to have somebody else to share part of the burden. Part of the deal with carrying heavy things is you feel so strained when you feel like you have to carry it on your own. Part of releasing part of the weight of walking through a heavy or a hard situation is just somebody else knowing about it. Welcome to life group. Welcome to community. Welcome to what the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to be known for. Some of you, it's just natural, totally natural, all right, to quilt, and you love to quilt. Let me tell you, if you're really good at quilting, people that can't quilt don't think that that's just natural. They think that's amazing, People that can do things like run a miter saw that I can't, I think it's amazing. I think it's absolutely incredible that they're able to do that. But you know what? You can take the natural thing that you have a tendency to be passionate about or you have an experience level in and you can take that thing and you can present it to the Lord and you say, God, I'm ready to offer up this natural part of my life to you. Will you put your super on it? And I guarantee you that you might have people over for quilting, but they, might, that, but they will end up leaving with healed souls. 
Why? Because an encounter with Jesus does what? Come to me, all you that are tired, heavy laden, and I will give you. Do you know the word rest in the Greek is actually the word for recreation. It's the word for recreation, recreation. How many of you know that life is frustrating? But do you know that life is also supposed to be fun? And there's something that happens whenever you share your heavy and hard situations with somebody else or you allow somebody to share their heavy and hard situations with you. There's usually fond memories that are created in the midst of what was frustrating because somebody else is included to it. We have this innate need to want to share things with other people. I'll prove it to you. Have you ever ate at a really good restaurant? Man, I really need to, I really need to intervene in some of your lives. I, the one thing I can't do is run a miter saw, but I can pick good food. So if you have yet to really tasted the good things that the world has to offer in regards to food, come talk to me. I want to serve you with my gift and tell you some places to go. You can take me and pay for me and I'll go with you. It'll be great. We'll get to hang out. It'll be fun. So here's the thing about it is that have you ever been to a really good restaurant? Have you ever seen a really good movie? All right. Have you ever been to a beautiful place somewhere in the world? Have you ever found yourself while you're watching the movie at the restaurant or at the beautiful place in the world thinking to yourself, so-and-so would love this? You are created to share good things with people. I actually find it more enjoyable to take people that I know will enjoy something and watch them enjoy the same experience that I've already had. It's actually more enjoyable than the initial experience. To be able to say, man, I know you love Italian food, and I found the perfect Italian food place. I found this place. Oh, man. This is a real thing. The Spirit of God's coming on me right now. I found, I found this place that makes, I'm telling you, I didn't know pasta could be so good. Like, there's this place that has just butter noodles. All it is is noodles, butter, and herbs. And it's better than any pasta you've ever had in all your life. It's an incredible thing. So, like, if I know somebody that really likes Italian food, like, I want to take them to this place. Because the fact of me getting to eat the butter nose is good, but seeing the expression on your face when you get to partake of what I've partaken of, that's priceless. That's something I want to see every single day. To remember that there was a time in my life when I was so burdened down, hopeless, broken, feeling like I'm carrying the world on my shoulders, and remembering how I powerfully encountered Jesus. That's awesome. And I give God praise for it every day. But you know what gets me up in the morning now? Not the fact that I've been encountered by him, but the fact that now he wants to use me to provide encounters for the people around me. That's powerful. Welcome to community. Welcome to connection. Welcome to reaching out into the world around us and looking at people that are dealing with heavy and hard situations and saying, I've got an extra set set of hands. Let me share with you this good thing that's happened in my life. Church, I think we need to be as eager to invite people to our life groups, invite people to lunch, invite people to our church, invite people to our homes, as we would be about telling people about the latest movie that we just saw, or a really good restaurant. How could something that's radically changed your life, that story that Pastor Austin read today, powerful. The person in the story said, my life has changed because of Victory Life Church. You're coming and receiving and God's moving in your life in this house. I think that's something worth sharing. Some of you are having powerful things happen in your life groups. Why not pray about adding two people to it this semester? Some of you have things on the inside of you that God desperately wants you 
to just get over yourself <laughs> and to stop looking at the things in your life that you think are just so natural, they're so ordinary, they're so basic. But he wants to say, if you'll just allow me to partner with you in that, I can actually do something super. I can actually do something supernatural. I can actually do something transformational. I believe that where Jesus is, is where the impossible is always able to happen. Where Jesus is at is a place that the impossible is always ready to happen. Here's the beautiful thing. The beautiful thing about the church, the beautiful thing about the family of God is that it's a family. You hear from the stage often that we believe a church isn't an event you go to. It's a family that you belong to. We, we really do mean that. And what I love about this family is that we all have a common father, don't we? God. And man, he's a good father. Why don't you just take a moment in your heart and just tell God, thank you for being a good dad to you. He's awesome. He's great. Beautiful thing is this, is that he's a father and this father is parenting us and growing us in what it means to be disciples or followers of his son. And you know, as a father relating to us as a parent and us being his kids, there's a lot of examples that I've seen in my own life with raising kids. If you know me, my wife and I have like 37 kids and they're beautiful. I've actually only got five, but some days it feels like 37. And uh, man, there's things that I've noticed is that especially young parents, parents that are like, you know, doing this for the very first time and have a bunch of little kids. Trust me, we go through heavy and hard stuff all the time. Okay, and, and here's, here's the thing about it is that I know there's been times in but my wife and I's life where it's been awesome to be able to have people that were willing to just be some extra hands, to have people that have successfully raised kids and have launched successful adults from their homes look us in the eye and say, this is gonna be okay. Don't make that that big of a deal. They're gonna grow out of it. It's gonna be fine. This is the season that you're in. It's been awesome to be able to have community around us that doesn't just minimize a need or see a need and say, yeah, I see that need, but what really can I offer? I see that need, but what really can I contribute to that? Probably more than you think because you have Jesus on the inside of you. People struggle with, well, how do I really carry something that the people around me need? If you believe that you carry around the presence of God on a daily basis, then I say that it's not a far stretch of the imagination to believe that you carry something that people need. Jesus, like everybody needs Jesus. Granted, some of you more than others, but we all need Jesus, okay? So here's the beautiful thing is that as a father, you know, a lot of times we can relate to each other in this family called church when we see needs expressed in other people. We see people going through a difficult thing or maybe we even hear the Lord speak to us about a difficulty somebody's going through or we feel a leading of the Lord to go and connect with a particular person. We don't know why and then we find out they're in the middle of a mess and things have gone awry in their life. Anybody been there before? Okay. There's this awesome thing that we do. It's not awesome at all. It's really sad, actually. But when people vocalize needs to us, sometimes we have really shallow answers and we have really, really like bad plans of action a lot of times as the church. So like somebody tells you what's going on in their life and some things that they're struggling with. And most of the time we say something Christian like, well, you just need to pray about that some more. Like if you just spend some more time in prayer, that, that whole thing will, will be okay. You just need some alone time with Jesus. Okay, let me back up here just a minute and help you with something. If Jesus is housed in you and somebody comes to you with a need or you feel led to go to somebody else, what do you think Jesus is trying to do? Meet the need. 
So when you tell people you just need to go spend some more alone time with Jesus, you're actually trying to disconnect them from the place that Jesus has housed. <laughs> they came to you for a reason. You felt led to them for a reason. Now, we can't take responsibility for people's successes and their failures. People have choice. But I think that as the church, we have to start doing a better job that when people are going through rough stuff, just encourage them to pray about it more. What if they don't know how to pray? What if prayer in their mind and prayer in your mind is not the same thing? They need people to come alongside their life and pray with them, not tell them just to go pray. Model for them what prayer is. God is not the only thing that you need in your life. Jesus is not the only thing or person that you need in your life. If that was the case... He would have never made all of us. Adam in the beginning, being in perfect connection with Father God, God looked at him and said, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. Adam was not lonely, but Adam was alone. God made for him a helpmeet in Eve, his wife, and the beginnings of a family, which has now become the entire world. You don't just need God. You need people. You need each other. So let me tell you this, as a young parent, it's easy for me as a young father to feel the pressure of being everything that my kids need in, in their life, to, to, be, to be the dad that's able to do all these 50,000 things, to, to be there in every situation of life, to know exactly what to say. And uh, I started thinking about it one day and, and the Lord told me, he said, he said, Zach, you're putting expectations on you to do things that I don't even do. And I said, what do you mean, God? And he started to show me, showed me this through an example. So I've got uh, five kids. I've got four girls and one boy. So my wife's the fifth uh, woman in my house. So I live with five women. I'm the most emotionally in tune man you'll ever meet in all your life. I can't run the miter saw, but man, I can talk to you about some feelings. Okay? I can talk to you about feelings. I can shop. I can do all that great stuff, right? And I enjoy it. I'm not too bad at it. But here's the thing that I want to tell you is that in, in the middle of, of uh, raising my son, and uh, my son is just an incredible little guy. I always tell him, I say, Judah, you're the coolest dude I know. You, I already know that. He always tells me that. I already know that. I said, I know, it's awesome. But he seriously is. Judah's the coolest guy that I know. I love hanging out with Judah. But here's the thing. Judah and I have different tastes. We're different salt. We're different light. I, I love the outdoors. I absolutely love the outdoors. I love the scenery. I love, I love the landscape. I love the wildlife. And, my, and how I love to enjoy the outdoors is through a window. It's a beautiful thing in my life to be able to see through the window. I love a climate-controlled room with a nice, fine leather chair and some good windows. I mean, we're going to enjoy the outdoors all day through this window be quiet, you know, have my, have my sparkling water. Yes, I know. I live in Durant. And I drink sparkling water. Get over it. I like it. So I have my sparkling water, maybe a little splash of cranberry juice in there. And I like to sit in my leather chair, have my, have my book, listen to music. And my son likes to, you know, find bugs and get in the dirt and, you know, shoot people that are not there with the you know, stick gun. And okay, so he's a boy. That's what he loves to do. And I'm sure I was like that as a boy, but I've grown up, okay? I put childish things away, fine leather, sparkling water, open windows that look at a beautiful view is where I am in my life today. And I'm okay with it because that's my, that's my flavor and that's my, that's my light. I'm just how I am. But I do get into that world with my son. But there's certain things that my son needs that I can't provide him just because... I'm not wired that way. 
I can go outside and play with them in the yard. I can jump on the trampoline. Yes, I jump on the trampoline. No, you cannot come see me jump on the trampoline. <laughs> but yes, I jump on the trampoline. Don't think about it too much. It'll be, you'll just start laughing. But here's the thing that I, I want, those kinds of things. So yeah, you know, we'll, we'll do that kind of stuff. We're about, I'm, I didn't tell my wife this, so hopefully she gives me permission. But I really think I want to, you know, buy a BB gun and, you know, take him outside, teach him how to shoot the BB gun and that kind of cool stuff. So anyway, we'll talk about it later if it's okay, please, if we can do that. But anyway, so here's the thing that I want, here's the thing that I want to be able to tell you is that I recognize some things myself needs that's not the way that I'm wired. And it's not to say that I do the typical, like, well, I just am who I am. and you No, I don't do that. I do the, okay, we're going to connect at some level. But here's the thing. My son likes things that I'm never going to be able to provide. I say that because maybe one day I could, but I just, I'm choosing that I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to own cows. I don't, I, okay, remember I told you I like the outdoors through windows. You can figure out why I don't want to own cows, okay? Don't want to do that. My son loves to, there's a, a friend that we have. He goes here, awesome man of God, uh, Ray Espinche, if you know him. He's a beautiful man, uh, great, great guy. Uh, he goes to the 8 o'clock service, uh, but he's, he's an amazing man, and, and, and we're friends with him. And uh, Judah loves to go to bro, Brother Ray's, what we call him. He loves to go to Brother Ray's house because he loves to walk out into the field with the cows, and be with the cows. And he loves to step in the poop. He loves that. I'm like, watch, step in the dry poop. He just wants to step in the poop. He loves to see Ray on the tractor. Okay, if it was like life or death, like, Zach, you have to drive this tractor or you're going to die, I'm going to go ahead and lay down and die. I don't know how to drive a tractor. I'd have no idea how to do it. I'd get in it and I would just start doing this and, you know, Flintstone it, try to push it, you know, on my feet or something. So I'm not going to drive a tractor. Judah loves to drive the tractor. He loves to sit there with Ray and do this. Here's the thing about it. I can't facilitate those things because you figured out why now I can't. I drink sparkling water, okay? I'm not going to drive a tractor. But here's the thing that you know is that I can't, I don't do the tractor thing, but what I can do is I can facilitate an experience for my son through another man of God that can. This is the way the father works. The father said, you're putting expectations on yourself as a parent that I don't even have for myself. There's things that you need that you're not gonna get from me in the prayer closet when it's just you and I hanging out. There's things that you need that I'm actually only gonna provide you through the men that you meet with every Thursday morning at your life group. There's things that you need that I'm only going to provide you through your spouse. There's things that you need, Zach, that I'm only going to provide you through your kids because that's the way that I'm glorified in the earth. The world will know that you are my disciples if you love each other, if you're connected to each other in real life-giving relationship. I have this beautiful picture on my phone of Judah and Brother Ray with the cows, the sun setting, and he's standing hand in hand with Ray right in the middle of the, crowd, of the cows. <laughs> yeah, that too. And uh, I wasn't going to say what you thought I was going to say. All right. <clears throat> All right. This is, this is the third service. Give me a break, okay? So here's the thing up there. Uh, it's a beautiful picture of him standing in the middle of the cows, yes, and the cow poop too, right? So he's there in the cows, and the sun's going down, and I took this picture on my phone, and it's this man of God who's an amazing example of the Father's heart with my son. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, this is what my body's like. This is what I'm like, and this is what I'm like through my body. Listen to me. There's people in the room. There's people in the room today that the Lord wants to use you to be mentors to fatherless children. There's people in the room today that God wants to use you to befriend lonely people. 
I have people come to me all the time and they say, you know, well, we're having a tough time finding a group. We're trying to find a tough place that fits. We just don't know if we fit in that group. And it just seems like there's people that are falling through the, the cracks here and maybe we should go to a different church. And I say, hey, look, if you think you should go to a different church to be able to connect, that's fine. I don't own you. I don't control you. I'll bless you wherever you feel the Lord calling you to go. But before you go, I want you to pray about something. Why don't you ask God if he would like you to start that ministry, start that group, start that place to catch all the people that you think that I'm missing. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but I need you. It really changes the conversation at that point. And I'm not trying to put it back on him. I'm being honest. I believe the enemy would like to invalidate, if that's a word. He would like to show you what you have accessible to you and show you how it's not as good as what this other person has accessible to them. And I'm here to tell you that there's Brother Ray's in the house today that need to be able to reach out and take the hands of Judas, my son, and be able to give them an experience in the kingdom of God that other people can't give because you're the one anointed and uniquely called to be able to facilitate that. You're the one that has a passion for quilting, but you know that you're not just mending fabric. Jesus is gonna work through you to mend people's souls. You know that you're not just gonna let people come out and, and pet the horses and see the cows, but you're actually gonna show them the heart of a shepherd and be able to reveal to them the deep things of the kingdom of God. Teach them about work ethic. Teach them about being able to trust God and believe and plant and see harvest and increase in their lives. I don't know what you've got at your disposal right now, but what I do know is this. It's enough to make an impact in this world. I don't know what you're passionate about right now, but it's enough to be able to facilitate a connection with Jesus to somebody else. There's people that are walking through heavy and hard things in this life. And I believe that God wants to use you through making a choice to get invested in community. Make a choice to invite people in to your home, to the coffee shop, to another place, to a lunch, and to be able to provide them a connection so that their heavy and hard has the potential to become fun, light, and easy. My prayer today is that you would pay attention to what God is putting on your heart in this moment. Amen. Amen. If the ministry teams would come, why don't you give God a hand clap if you were blessed today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're feeling a stirring in your heart in regards to being used by the Lord just to be some hands, Maybe God's dealing with you about starting a group this semester. Maybe it's not to that point. Maybe God's just dealing with you about reaching out to one person. Or maybe God's dealing with you about just opening up your home for a dinner, inviting a few families over, hearing their story. I don't know, but at whatever level that God's moving in regards to community and connection in your heart, I want you to just partner with him in that. Don't be afraid of what he's going to ask of you. The Lord's going to ask you things that are going to get you better in touch with your purpose. The Lord's never going to ask you something that isn't in touch with your purpose and in touch with your design. You know, I have people ask me all the time, Pastor Zach, I want a better life. How do I get there? And I want to tell you today the answer to that question. How you end up with a better life is committing to make the lives of the people around you better every day. 
If that's you and you feel the Lord stirring in your heart, that you're ready to offer some hands. You don't know how just yet. Maybe it's going to start with an invitation to a lunch. Maybe it's going to start with you and your spouse finally deciding to make time to have that life group, to invite people in that have walked through divorce, invite people in that are walking through brokenness in their marriage currently, and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I don't know at what level God's dealing with your heart right now, but if that's you and he's dealing with you along those lines at any level, I ask you to just put your hand on your heart. Thank you, Jesus, for all these honest hands today. Father, you see everybody with a hand on their heart. You see everybody that you're stirring today and encouraging them to take a step toward connecting people to Jesus with what they have available to them. I thank you, Father, for people being willing to take their time, to take their gifts, and put it towards creating a culture of community and connection that would be in with us, the leaders of this church, on making this place not an event you go to, but a family you belong to. As Austin said in the opening prayer today, this isn't a church staff thing. This is a church thing. All of us moving more into that image of family that you've called us to be. I thank you for speaking to them by the Holy Spirit on what that looks like. I thank you for putting people in their minds I pray that they'd have dreams, God, about people that they're supposed to reach out and connect to. I pray, God, that you'd bring people across their path in those divine intersections, that you'd give them divine and heaven-based models for how they can incorporate this into their workplace, God, how they can incorporate these things into their business, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would just grow us in surrendering our gifts to you so that supernatural things can happen in this body and in this city. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Man, I love you guys so much. The altars are open. If you need ministry, you need to partner with somebody today to receive prayer, let the people at the altar today be a set of hands for you. Let them serve you. Come and receive. Love you so much. Life group information. There's a life group wall in the foyer. Encourage you to stop by it. Encourage everybody to have an awesome life group semester. See you soon. Love you. Bye-bye.